Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. In today's episode, I talk with Trista Polo about being a misfit, imposter syndrome, and how taking responsibility for your choices changes your relationships and entire energy. I'm eager for you to hear her story of being in a similar place to some of my past guests, but finding her way to a different outcome. Trista is a self-worth coach and advocate for entrepreneurs, CEOs, and health professionals. She runs the local training system for the Hudson Valley region of a global billion-dollar company, training professionals in speaking skills and communication and producing online and in-person events. Trista is the host and creator of Trista's Plate Story podcast, which I highly recommend you listen to in addition to this one, and is currently working on her novel. She lives in the Hudson Valley with her husband, dog, and cat. Quick reminder, today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. When you're ready to start living the next 20 years differently than you've lived the last 20, when you want to finally live life by your own rules, stop lying to yourself because, come on, you know the truth, and stop compromising who you really are. And when you want a guide so you can avoid the roadblocks on your way to the mental and emotional clarity and strength to do that, the Fuck Being Fine experience is here for you. I'd love to chat with you about your journey. Go to zenrabbit.com to learn more or to schedule a complimentary call. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Trista Polo, and Trista and I met when I was a guest on her podcast. That's right. Plate Story, which was, I thought, such a, a cool idea for a podcast because you talk with people about their license plates, customized, personalized license plates. Yes. <laughs> so welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word, Trista. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I really am so excited that you have a podcast. And this topic is amazing because I think that, like you say in your description, we are all kind of going around thinking our life is so much worse than others. But if we really look, we all have so much to be grateful for. And there's always a place we can grow from. The comment you just made brought up this idea to me that I heard somewhere about if everybody threw their problems into a big pile and you had to pull out somebody else's problems, most people would want to keep the ones they already have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. At least I know how to manage my own. Right. We're comfortable with that. So before <laughs> we get into when you felt stuck at fine, tell me about your 
background, like growing up, what values were instilled in you that you feel like maybe then contributed to how you've lived your life up to this point? Hmm. Yeah. So um, I was a product of divorce in the 70s. My parents were actually really young when they were married. And when I was born, my mom was 19, my dad 21. They were sort of trying to figure out how to be together and pay the bills and have a kid. So a lot of it came from that. My father and my mother are both self-starter, work ethic, you know, figure it out kind of people. And so that was really helpful. But unfortunately, they didn't quite make it together. They were better separate than they were together. And so a lot of my childhood was moving around quite a bit. I lived in 24 or so places by the time I was 18. And I never really had that like solid foundation to grow up from. And so that definitely affected my way of looking at the world. I'm quite a chameleon. I learned how to be in any kind of group of people. I can pretty much hang out with any group, any belief system, any political slant, and I can just kind of be in a conversation with anybody about anything. I'm pretty versatile that way. But I had a lot of self-worth challenges because of it as well, because I never really found my group, my tribe growing up Mm -hmm. because it changed constantly. And nobody really likes the new girl. You know, they're trying (laughs) to figure out their own stuff, right? They're trying to figure out what clique they belong in. (laughs) So to have to manage somebody else's experience, not, uh, not always the best. And so I finally found music and theater as a great place of misfits to hang out with. But of course, I always wanted to be part of the popular crowd, just like I think everybody did in that age range. So there was a lot of trying to fit in, using that chameleon talent to try and make myself be like what I thought people wanted. Mm. So for a lot of my life, I was pretty inauthentic. I was kind of a a full-time actor wearing a facade of what I thought you wanted me to be. It made really good easy to make friends doing that. And it made people really like me, but it wasn't true to myself. At what point did you figure out that's what you were doing and it wasn't serving you? Do I have to admit how old I was? (laughs) It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Hey, there's nothing wrong with that because you know, this podcast is about helping the listeners understand that they're not alone. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I've done a lot of work on myself. I've been through a lot of landmark worldwide programs. I've done a lot of peak potentials programs. I think the only thing I haven't done is uh, the Tony Robbins stuff, but I've read Mm -hmm. a ton of books and I follow a lot of stuff. And, you know, a lot of Wayne Dyer, a lot of Abraham Hicks, Paul Selig, a lot of stuff that helped me to brainwash myself to believing that I actually was worthy just as I am, not as a put on of what I think that you want me to be. And so it really was only a handful, maybe five or so years ago. And I turned 50 this year. Mm -hmm. So um, five or so years ago that I really took on the belief that I deserve all the best life has to offer, offer. And I was created with the ability to achieve it. And I am perfect just as I am with nothing to be fixed or changed. I remember I wanted to start a YouTube channel. I thought, I've gone through a lot of classes and courses and camps. I've read a lot of books. I have a lot 
to offer that I bet mm-hmm. could make a difference. But every time I started to get ready to show up for the mic, for the camera, my hair wasn't good enough. Maybe I need to lose some weight. I should put makeup on. Maybe I don't have something important to say. Maybe it's just the same stuff everybody else is saying. I would talk myself out of it. And I woke up one morning with this epiphany, like just as I am right now, in this moment, getting out of bed, hair messed up, wearing pajamas, you know, whatever, morning breath, whatever, I'm still... (laughs) awesome just as I am. I woke up just as I am. Ah, and that is where you got the name for your company. That's right. It's your your company and your website is also. Yeah. I woke up awesome, right? It started out with I woke up this way and it's awesome. And it's kind of been shortened over the years. But you know, we all woke up perfect just as we are. And if we can start from there, then the rest of the day gets easier. And it's now really me reminding myself of that. Like this morning, as I was waking up, I had this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like you're not doing enough. You're going to fail. You're not going to reach your goals. You're going to mess it up. You're such an imposter. Who do you think you are? Like in the pit of my stomach, you know, like it actually had heat to it. It wasn't just a thought. It was actually a physical reaction. And it's still there. You know, like that still happens. What I then said to myself was, But I get to decide how I frame what happened yesterday. So what did I do yesterday? And this was kind of my first thoughts waking up. I had these awesome meetings. I accomplished this. I made phone calls that I wouldn't normally want to do. I made a difference for this person. I helped that person with what they were up to. I contributed to this one. And all of a sudden, I started to realize, like, I had a good day yesterday. I have a lot to be proud of. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I've, Mm -hmm. I've really... I manage how I frame things, my mindset on purpose. Yeah. I was going to point out, stepping back for a moment, when you mentioned imposter, feeling like an imposter, and that how common that is for almost every woman I've ever met, and a lot of men too. The That imposter syndrome of feeling like, well, what do I have to offer? Everything's already been said or done. And realizing that even if you're saying something similar to what's already been said, it's coming through your filter. So you're presenting it in a different new way. And something that someone else says versus the way you say it, the way you frame it or say it is interpreted, you know, you're going to touch somebody in a different way. Yes. So you just named a whole bunch, I was going to, you just named a whole bunch of authors that of, of books and programs that have helped you. And I, the same for me. Yes. Like I love Wayne Dyer, but I don't know, maybe somebody doesn't love Wayne Dyer, but they listen to Abraham Hicks or right. I, I know I've heard a lot. I'm a Tony Robbins fan, but a lot of people don't like him. So don't listen to Tony. Listen to um, Mel Robbins, who they're not related, but she <laughs> is equally <laughs> awesome. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, you have to think, you have to hear things seven different ways seven different times from seven different people, that 777 rule. And that alone is a reason that we need to speak out what we've learned, what we've gotten from our own learnings, because maybe the way we've said it, like you said, from our perspective, is the volt that kicks off what made a difference for somebody. Right. And oftentimes we're talking about things that we need to learn or get more ingrained into ourselves. Yes. And teaching it or retelling it helps us learn it better. 
So we're doing both sides are benefiting the person you're speaking to or who the person who's hearing you and you are benefiting from your speaking out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to self-worth too. Um, And that's really what I focused on the most over the last couple of years is leveling up my own self-worth and helping people figure out where their self-worth is low or lower than what will get them what they want. You know, they talk Mm -hmm. about how if you're not going outside your comfort zone, then you won't get more than you have. You have everything you're comfortable having. And I agree with that. But I also think that you have to be willing to grow your self-worth to be big enough to hold your goals and dreams. No goal statement, no matter how many times a day you say it, will replace you believing you deserve what's on that piece of paper. And so self-worth has become a big conversation that I have with my clients and that I work on for myself as well, um, because I've realized that that is also a really key piece of it. Right. And finding the courage to go get it. So everything you want is outside of that comfort zone. And that's one of the things in the Find a Fantastic program that I have. I'm working with clients to help them in that third piece to find the courage Mm. to step out of fine and move towards fantastic. Love it. Such a big, big piece. Yeah. Yeah. Fine is such an easy thing to get stuck in because we just, we kind of get into survival mode. Can I tell a story about a time when, yeah, when I accepted fine, uh, it's sort of a silly story from high school. So I was, I ended up in this algebra class with five or eight, I forget how many, it was a small class, but there were less than 10 of us in that class. And I was the only girl in the class. And not only was I the only girl, every guy in that class was a football player. It was almost like the coach said, make this class for this the football team. We need a minimum number. So stick this girl in there. She's new. I mean, that's kind of how it felt like it came wow. to be. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was new. I wasn't part of the popular crowd. And I was in this class with all these football players. And so they decided to play a joke on me. And what I didn't realize was that they had put a tack on my chair Uh-oh. before I got to class. So I was wearing jeans, but I sat down and there was just this really uncomfortable feeling on my butt cheek. And I thought, okay, there's something going on, (laughs) but I'm not getting up because I'm not going to make a fool of myself Mm -hmm. and stand up and make a scene and stop the class and, you know, look at my chair and find out what's going on. I just wasn't willing to be in the spotlight enough that I could manage my own self-care, uh-huh. right? I was in pain. I was sitting on attack. And so um, at the end of the class, I got up and I realized that that was what it was. It was attack. It had been put on the seat by the guys in the class. They were all snickering the whole way through the class. I had a feeling it had something to do with it, but I never had the courage to choose myself mm-hmm. over my embarrassment, I'm like, it's yeah. fine. I can live with it. I can live with this pain. Right. It's fine. It's manageable. And it's such a, it's such an interesting story because it's a really physical <laughs> example yes. Yes. of so many times when I'll just deal with whatever my situation is so I don't have to stand up for myself, my beliefs, make a scene, put the spotlight on me take the attention away from what's going on, disrupt in order to take care of myself. And I think it's a it's a trap. And I feel like it is more women than men that feel that mm-hmm. way. But definitely that's something that I've faced. And I wanted to share it because it's definitely like the perfect story of living with fine. <laughs> 
it is it's living it's with fine and being afraid to literally stand up yes. for yourself. Indeed. And then tell us the, <laughs> tell us the the next story, which I know is there's years in between, but the story that you where you were fine in your marriage and decided that's not okay because you have a different story than some of the other guests I've had on mm. in, in terms of outcome. Yeah. I was pretty unhappy, actually. I was living with it. You know, when my husband and I got married, we promised each other we would never get divorced. We both came from divorced homes, and that was not going to be us. We were going to make it no matter what. And I remember my grandparents, they were married 65 years when my grandfather Mm. passed away. And they had some rocky years, but they never gave up on each other because there was always love there. And so I always remembered that whenever I got really unhappy. But I was getting pretty to the end of my rope and I was really unhappy with the way some things were going. And I was starting to consider something I had never thought I'd be willing to consider, which was to end the marriage. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine was, we were part of this mastermind and we he would check in on me like, how's it going? And he knew that I was having some challenges in my relationship. And he recommended that I take a course that's around communication um, through, it's through Landmark Worldwide. Uh, It's called Access to Power. And I resisted the course for a year. And he just kept saying, you know, you're talking about this stuff still, like you haven't found a solution. Maybe this would make a difference for you. So finally, just so he would stop bugging me about it, I went to this class. And what I realized in the class, it was such a gift, and I'm very grateful to him for not letting it go. You know, Mm -hmm. do you ever have something you really know would make a difference for somebody, but they don't want it, and so you just give up on them? Like, all right, well, you don't want it. And he never gave up on me. And so I'm very grateful for him doing that. And it reminds me not to give up on people when they're not ready yet to hear what I know would make a contribution to them. So I took the class, and inside of it, what I discovered was that I am 100% responsible for my environment. I get to choose how my life goes. And being a victim of a poor marriage, a poor relationship, you know, however you want to frame it, was my doing, not my husband's. And as soon as I was willing to accept that fact, my whole paradigm shifted because now I get to say how it goes. So instead of running away from something that doesn't work, giving up on something that hurts I was able to choose and now I got to choose to stay or go. So Mm -hmm. now it wasn't like a result of something. It was like, what's my choice? And I decided to choose to stay. And what's interesting is my husband wasn't interested in doing any of the work. He didn't want to go to the classes and he didn't want to read the Wayne Dyer books. And, you know, he didn't want to do any of that work. But by me doing the work and making the choice and bringing my new perspective and my new paradigm into the relationship, It shifted the whole energy and he Mm. started to shift. And we were able to find a ground that wasn't just a common ground of acceptance. Not only was it a common ground of misery that we were just going to live with because we refused to get divorced, we were able to actually create something on purpose. And what I noticed was that I was willing to now talk about things that I had been unwilling to say, and so was he. I was willing to take responsibility for how my communication landed for him, and so was he. And we were able to build something new. And this year, we celebrated 25 years 
of being married, and we have a stronger, more loving relationship than we've ever had. And the pandemic, actually, we got stronger. I know that the pandemic was tough for a lot of people. It was. It was. And there's not a lot of stories about people getting stronger, more the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, I have one trick, not a trick, one tool that I read during the pandemic. It was like it was sent to me from whatever you call God, you know, like it just came into my life in the perfect time because now you're trapped in a house. It's not a huge Mm -hmm. house. There's, you know, you're never, ever not there. (laughs) Right. And so all those buttons that got built throughout the 20 some years of being married start getting pushed more often. So this book is It's E-Cubed by Pam Grout. And it's about a bunch of experiments to prove the law of attraction works. She has E squared and E cubed and each one is is about proving the law of attraction works. And actually the only reason I read the book is I had somebody on my podcast who had a vanity plate and she had never read E squared. So I said, all right, you read E squared. I'll read the new one and then we'll talk about it on the podcast. So one of the experiments was in 72 hour period, anything that comes up that annoys you, pisses you off, makes you angry, makes you upset in that moment that you're upset, find something to be grateful for about that situation, that specific oh, situation. Oh, you know I love, you know I love where you're going with this gratitude thing. <laughs> yes. So my office is here and then there's this little jug uh, hallway, jog hallway, and then the kitchen, which is where my husband has set up shop being here working. And right inside the kitchen door from this little hallway is the garbage. And the garbage is his job. He takes the garbage out. My dog and he go to the dumpster. They, It's like his their job. You know, mm-hmm. she's a working dog, so she's got to have jobs. That's one of her jobs. Takes out the garbage with my husband. And it was particularly, you know, full. <laughs> Yes. And no, and no one else saw it except you. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, you know, the garbage is full. He doesn't take it out. And he's sitting right there because we're both here mm-hmm. all the time because it's a pandemic. I'm like, you know, the garbage is clearly full. Like, it's clearly full. Anybody could see it, you know. So, of course, like, it's a silly thing, but it was a button and it was pushed. And I thought, okay, gratitude. And I did it out loud because I think speaking has more power than if you mm-hmm. think it to yourself. It is powerful. So I did it out loud and I said, you know what? I'm really grateful that you have taken responsibility that it's your job to take out the garbage. I love that I don't have to touch gross, disgusting things. I don't ever have to worry about lifting this big, heavy bag. It's over full out of the can. I love that it's a job for you and our dog. I love that you guys take it over and she gets to go with you and she enjoys it. And it's like fun for her. And like this little fun thing that just the two of you have. And I'm just so grateful that you handle that. So that's just one example. You could put anything in there, right? Putting the toilet seat down, doing the dishes, speaking to me a certain way, not complimenting enough, whatever. Like you could add it to anything. And so I did this for 72 hours. That was homework. I'm very coachable. And I want to tell you that just in those 72 hours, I fell in love with him all over again. Wow. Like exponentially. And it was right during a pandemic. So, you know, perfectly timed when you're stuck in a house with somebody you've been together with for a long time. It's easy to have it go the other way. And so I feel like that experiment, that exercise was a huge gift, a miracle that came into my life. And I'm so grateful for it because, as I said, we're stronger than ever. And uh, we're heading to the next 25 years. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing one, what shows up when you're paying attention. The exact right thing always shows up when you're paying attention. And two, the theme for you that I'm hearing from our conversation today seems to be choice. 
you recognizing that you have the choice because you mentioned it earlier about having the choice of how you look at your day, your previous day, how you're going to set your intention for the current day. And then now talking about your choice of how you see, how you frame the energy, how you contribute to the energy in your relationship, how you show up and how you choose to find gratitude where you could have just gone, you know, hair on fire. Yeah, I see it as living on purpose versus by accident, or as some people say, on accident. I'm not sure which one is correct, but that's how I see it as living on purpose. I think it's a regional thing. (laughs) Yeah, I see it as living on purpose. Like being responsible, when you're 100% responsible for your life, which doesn't come naturally, then you get to choose everything. You get to choose how it goes, how you feel about how it goes, how it's going to go, what's next. And every choice is perfect. So there's no wrong way because there's only success or lessons or both. Exactly. There is no failure. There is no wrong way. So many times we get paralyzed by inability to make a decision because what if it's the wrong one? And to recognize that there is no wrong choice, that's just, that's the choice you're making given the information that you have, or that's the choice, like that's the choice. And you can make a different choice if that one doesn't work out the way you anticipated and you quote unquote fail, which again is not really a thing. It doesn't turn out the way you expected or wanted. You can choose differently. Choose again, choose again. Nothing Almost nothing is a permanent decision because, I mean, having children is a pretty permanent decision. But beyond that, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> there's not a whole lot other of other choices that can't be undone or changed to be different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This has been fantastic. All right. So what is, as every guest knows, they're going to be asked, what is your hype song, your walk-up song? Are you a baseball fan? Yeah, no. I'm not either. <laughs> but I heard it. I heard it originally was as a walk-up song to like when you're getting ready to walk up to bat. But I also like the term hype song. What's the song that you listen to when you need to get charged up? Yes, I have a whole list. I have a self-worth, self-love playlist that I is my go-to. But I would have to say the one that really gets me right here, like the cells in my body respond to it, is called "It's Good to Be Alive." by Andy Grammer. And I think part of it is because the message of the song is he was down and out and then he looked within, he calls it God, but he looked within and he found the inner strength and the inner guidance. And now the world is his oyster. And that is very similar to my path that as soon as I was willing to trust my own inner guide and trust that the universe has my back, and that I actually am supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden I started to win and I started to have better days and more miracles and more serendipity and better luck. So that's my go-to. I love that song. That is That song, I agree. I can't sit still when I hear it. Like you can't, I'm in the car. I got to start singing. Yes. Good thing nobody else is in the car with <laughs> me, but that's not my problem. <laughs> Great song. And then how can people get in touch with you if they want to continue the conversation, they want to hear more about what what has worked for you, they want to reach out. And I think you had um, something that you wanted to share too. 
Yes, I'm everywhere. You can search I Woke Up Awesome and find me. You can search Trista Polo and find me. But on my website, what I wanted to share is because of my own journey of leveling up my self-worth, I found a lot of resources that worked really, really well for me. And so I put them together in an eight-week email-based course that's free currently on my website. And what you can do is take a self-worth assessment first at IWokeUpAwesome.com and see where is your self-worth now. It's a kind of a a visualization process that we go through so you can see where your self-worth is now. And then based on where it is, if you want to level it up, you can join this course and get eight weeks worth of resources to help you level it up. And each one is interactive, kind of like the Pam Grout books. Uh, I give you something to do and then you spend some time on it to really integrate Mm -hmm. it into your life. And you have those resources for the rest of your life once you're finished with the course. Love it. Thank you. Thanks for making that offer. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word, Trista. Thank you so much. I had a blast. I knew I would because we had so much fun when you were on my podcast, but it's so great to have been here and to share some of myself with you and your listeners. Okay. Take care. We'll see you next time. Was that a good conversation or what? Here are a few key takeaways. Number one, I don't recall if we've covered imposter syndrome in any of the other episodes yet. It's that feeling like, what do I have to offer? Everything's already been said or done. But realize, even if you're saying something similar to what's already been said, it's coming through your filter. You're presenting it in a different and new way. Trista mentioned the 777 rule. Hearing something seven different ways seven different times from seven different people. Number two, you have to be willing to grow your self-worth to be big enough to hold your goals and dreams because no goal statement, no matter how many times a day you say it, will replace you believing you deserve what's on that piece of paper. Number three, when you are uncomfortable with a situation, say something. Don't just sit on the tack and live with the pain. That's not okay. Stand up for yourself, even if you have to make a scene in advocating for your self-care. Number four, you are 100% responsible for your environment. You get to choose how your life goes. Being a victim of a poor marriage or a poor relationship with anyone is your own doing, not anyone else's. When you can bring a new perspective and paradigm into the relationship, it shifts the whole energy. And number five, choice was the theme for this show today. Recognizing you have choices in how you show up, how you set your intentions for the day, how you frame your energy, and how you choose to find gratitude. And then, once again, the reiteration that you can make a different choice if the one choice doesn't work out the way you anticipated. And choose again. And choose again. There is no failure, no wrong way. Be sure to check out Trista's free self-worth assessment and mini course on her website, iwokeupawesome.com forward slash self dash worth dash assessment. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. 
It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that. <laughs>